Welcome to Get Involved Referee with Des Roach, Steve Conroy and Dougie Gunning and myself, Lindsay Heron. Another very interesting weekend in the Scottish football scene. Um, we're going to talk about Dundee United Celtic and the Scottish Cup. A very uh, emotive subject there in terms of a handball which uh, didn't result in a goal for Celtic. And also a potential red card. We're going to talk about VAR. Are the SFA getting closer to bringing it into our game? I will also look at some uh, meaty challenges and some maybe questionable decisions, if you like, in the Motherwell versus Hibs Scottish Cup match. Good evening, gents. Welcome to the show. Des, if I could start with you, Dundee United versus Celtic. High-profile match. Uh, you know, obviously, Premier Sports are there. They've got the full team out. They've got uh, Chris Sutton. They've got Michael Stewart. And they've got Stephen Cragen on. And questioning the, the ability of John Beaton and his understanding of the rulebook. I think I would be questioning the ability and understanding rulebook of most pundits, but certainly if you're working at a high-profile game broadcast to the nation, if you're going to make a call on a referee's judgment and a referee's knowledge of the laws of the game, they should have that same knowledge themselves. Totally agree. Yeah, I think I would like to think that Chris Sutton, for his vocal opinion, uh, for Steve Cragen and um, talking about the interpretation of the law and whether or not beating understand that, I'd be, be keen to know when they passed the, the referees test and what their kind of understanding or interpretation of these laws are as well. Absolutely, Steve, who's joining us on the line tonight. Um, I guess it doesn't make uh, makes for, for good viewing for, for John Beaton when he hears people questioning his abilities on, on the understanding of the rules. I think John's probably long enough in the tooth to be water off the duck's back and I think I never let myself be too upset by, uh, by what pundits said about my, my knowledge of the game especially when you look at ours as encyclopedia compared to what, uh, to what theirs are there's maybe something in the back of mind saying that they are, they are playing to their own audience so they, they've got to make an audience for themselves they? it's, it's all about entertainment after all yeah, I mean, it sounded a bit disrespectful, Steve, didn't it, to to John Beaton, the way they've sort of frivolously decided he didn't know the laws of the game? Yeah, or he, he said he'd forgotten the laws or something like that. Um, aye, dis- disrespectful. Um, but I, again, I would go back that I don't think that really bother uh, John too much. I think if you're going to come out and start saying that a referee doesn't know the rules, then you've got to be pretty damn sure that you've read up on them and memorised them. I suppose, uh, Des, you'd probably quite like to get them in here and ask them a few questions yourself about their knowledge of the rules. Absolutely, absolutely. Every day's a school day, so get them in, have a wee... I actually think if someone's going to be taking money, particularly from a national broadcaster, and giving an opinion that will influence a lot of people in the street because they take it verbatim of what they're saying, I think they could... They should come in and do a, a laws of the game test. Well, you don't have to give them the full the full lot. I know they've done it a couple of years ago, and the journalists were they were lost. <laughs> um, quite frankly, they were lost. <laughs> but bring them in, educate. They always say education is the key to everything. So I think that the people within Premier Sports, BT Sports, Sky Sports, I would like to think they would encourage the presenters to to have a bit more understanding, and it also gives them more credence for their views. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, when the media, certainly in publishing, you know, there are editorial codes of conduct, standards and ethics that, you know, we have to abide by. You know, you have to fact check your information before it's published. You can publish something that's, you know, inaccurate in any way. So I would like to think that those same, you know, standards would apply to people voicing an opinion when it comes to the laws of the game, given that football and sport are, you know, probably the biggest kind of pieces of content that people consume. The burning issue was this handball incident, you know, at Celtic on the attack, ball comes in, uh, Giacomacus doesn't get his shot away properly, bounces off his arm and then swept into the net uh, by Dyson Maida and goal disallowed. Correct decision from your point of view? We, we could talk about this all, all night, but I, I take it back to 
and I, I tried to, to freeze it at the exact point where he was taking his shot, but as, as you know, I'm rubbish on the computer, so I couldn't get it. To me, he looked as though he was just shaping to take a shot. Okay, he scarfed it. But he, the, there was no intent for him to gain or make an advantage from his arm being where it was. Um, it, it disadvantaged him, um, the ball hitting there. And I think I've said previously, if he, if that was an intentional move to take advantage of his arm being there, he'd be playing for Man City. That, I don't think that, in my opinion, that that could be taken as uh, anything other than accidental knock on his hands. Um, but as, as we said, for another incident, the only thing that you can say absolutely in that incident is that it hit his hand. Everything else is debatable. I suppose the argument from John's side of things, I guess, Des, is that he thinks that the arm has you know, moved the ball to, to an advantage, if you like, for Celtic in that situation. Is that, is that what he's decided? I think that's probably John's interpretation there. But like Steve, and I know we had a, a chat at the time, was there. My view of it was that Jack Marcus was running forward, turning his body side on to, to, to get in a position to play the ball. The balls came up, hit him. And the bit where he's got lucky is the ball's carried on to Maeda and he's scored from there. Because if Jackie Marcus is missing from there, then I'm pretty worried if you've got a couple of million pound striker that kind of put the ball in for six yards. <laughs> um, where the arm was a game of deliberated that it wasn't massive. He wasn't making himself extremely big. If he's, yeah, I, I, I think it all happened far, far too quick. Yeah, well, exactly. Celtic would have been two nothing up in the end. Of, in the end up, it didn't make any difference. That they qualified quite comfortably, three nothing yeah. in the game. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It didn't make a difference at that point. Um, but that shouldn't take away from whether you know the decision was right or wrong. Mm. And as Steve's alluded to, all we can say with certainty is the ball hit the arm. In my opinion, it all boils down to whether you believe the arm to be in a unnatural or natural position. If you think it's natural, it's reasonable, or it's justifiable for the act committed, then you're saying the goal should stand. And if you don't you're saying the goal shouldn't stand. I'm on the opposite side of the coin. I'm of the opinion that the arm was so far from the body, so high off the ground, it was above shoulder height, that I'm not sure, it, although it wasn't intentional, that it was a justifiable position. And I would probably lean towards more of not giving the goal. The other thing I noticed when I was looking at the highlight was I think that John Beaton's actually directly behind the players as that as it happens and I'm not sure he's got the clearest view I wouldn't be surprised if that's came from a lateral call from his assistant referee now I'm just speculating that that could be the case because I think the assistant referee might have a clear line of sight on that and will see the arm being extended from the body and that might have informed Beaton's opinion and how he's came to the decision to disallow the goal from that rather than his behind the players um, line of sight that he had at the time yeah quite possibly because obviously the when the cross came in the assistant was standing standing right behind it so he yep. possibly could have seen it but I think what we also need to discuss not discuss or raise is that not every handball is an automatic yellow card mm. it's not <laughs> yeah. just because just because you the ball's played you you've not deliberately he's not grabbed the ball and flung it on the <laughs> ball's played him it's yeah. it's just one of those unfortunate things and I think I did see a few people looking for a caution there I would Certainly not. I think John made his call, ball down, yeah. get on with it. And that, well, that, that spins back to the, the comments made by Chris Sutton in the studio, at, I think it was at half time, when, when they're referencing a law that they've probably just quickly Googled and checked on their phone before going on air just to have an idea or make it look like they know what they're talking about. The reality is the law itself says an accidental handball would result in the goal being given. That was omitted from their discussion. But beyond that, this desire for a yellow card immediately for the handball, the word deliberate in respect to handball was only used to differentiate it from being accidental. Mm. The deliberate terminology doesn't mean the player has, you know, 
with conscious thought, stuck his arm out and palmed the ball into a path for someone else to score a goal. The hand just being out of position or not justifiable for the act would just be a handball and a foul and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay. where the kind of finer points of the law is largely misunderstood by the majority of people who are commenting on it. I think you might be giving Chris Sutton a bit of a bit too much credit seeing to be looking up the laws of the game between <laughs> between clips. <laughs> They looked up the laws of the game at all. It was the minute it happened. So they've had a three-second scan at that and they haven't paid the blindest bit of attention to the detail of it. <laughs> and it's fair to say I'm, I'm part of a number of referee groups and I'm sure Des and Steve are and you know certainly far higher qualified than I was in the game and thus I haven't been part of a discussion where there's a unanimous consensus on this either. So those who are well-versed in laws can't come to a concluded agreement. So Celtic unlucky with that decision for sure. But were they lucky with the Rio Hatate challenge um, at the side of the pitch? Um, it looked like a like an over the ball one to me. Des, were you were you of the same opinion? Yeah, I'm of the opinion that it should be a red card. Uh, I know a lot of people were saying, and again, difference of opinion, saying that it wasn't a lunge, etc. It, it was it, it it wasn't going over the ball. For me, Hatate had been running at speed. The ball had ricocheted away. He had enough, but with him going to ground, he had enough time to divert himself out of the tackle, where for me he chose to continue with the tackle. So he's went with a straight leg, he's came from a distance, his studs were slightly shown, and the other boy's not an opportunity to get out the road, so he's not really um, looking after the safety of an opponent. So mm-hmm. for me, there was enough in it for being a, being a red card. Steve, do you concur with that? Do you think that was um, quite a nasty one? Yeah, I think it was it was nasty. And the, the only thing that I'll disagree with is when he said it was his studs were uh, slightly shown, his studs were more than uh, slightly shown. I, I think that was quite calculated. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss others later on. And we discussed it before about, you know, the slap off your shin and then your automatic lunge at somebody that's standing right beside you. That was quite calculated, the distance he had to cover uh, to get to the guy. I, I think that was a nasty one. And the thing is, the way the Scottish Cup rules are, that would have uh, excluded Rio Hatati from the, the old firm semi-final. So it would have been a major loss to Celtic. It's a double win then for Celtic. <laughs> a double win, yeah. A double win there. I think for me, I was originally leaning towards more of a yellow card because I didn't feel that there was enough pace in it. I didn't think that there was a lunge in the challenge. But I've taken on the points that Des has kind of raised and certainly, you know, talking to Steve about it. I, I can see that there is justification for there being a, a red card there. With a gun in my head, I'm saying it's an orange card. It's a classic high tariff yellow. But, you know, if a red card's given, I've got no issues with that. I can see that there's enough there to potentially suggest that it should be. It probably, uh, you know, leads us probably nicer uh, into the, the Motherwell-Hibs game in the sense that there were two similar challenges in that game, fellas. Um, the the first one, of course, <laughs> what a start for Willie Collum. You know, he's just blowing this whistle to get the game underway and the next minute he's mobbed by Hibs players and he's got a red card out of his pocket, Steve. Absolutely, and I don't, I don't remember in the Premier League having one quite so quick. I certainly did in the juniors and that. <laughs> As we said, whether it's the first minute or the 94th minute, it's, if it's a red, it's a red. And it's, it's, we've, we've discussed this tackle before. You, you see it all the time, and I mentioned it earlier on, where the, the Motherwell player had a rotten touch, um, and his next touch is on the shin of the guy that's, that's receiving it. It's, you, you see those coming. I take it in the, the first minute, the dander's up, the, the adrenaline hasn't settled down yet. Totally inexplicable and totally inexcusable. Absolutely no chance it was anything other than a red. It looked, it looked like a red card all day long, Des, didn't it? 
that is your classic red card. Everything that you're looking for, the opponent endangering the safety, straight leg, stud showing the close proximity. What he couldn't even run, so it was a deliberate lunge. Yeah. Um, giving Doig absolutely no, no, no chance of uh, of avoiding that. Um, it's a nonsensical debate, and I did hear Kenny Miller speaking in the in the commentary. Um, I think I'm going for every pundit tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Miller making a comment saying that it's such a big call to be making early in the game and yeah. the impact it can have on I'm sorry, the impact of that challenge could have been a seriously injured young football player. Whether that's minute one, minute 48, minute 79, it doesn't matter. That has got to go. And again, I'm sure we'll probably expand to it. The biggest, apart from the challenge, obviously, the biggest thing for me was the celebrations of uh, Ryan Portis who was celebrating that he's won a cup never mind his teammate potentially being injured lying in the ground yeah. thought that was very unsightly and un- didn't didn't need that in the game unsportsmanlike but unsportsman but the, but the comments by the, the TV saying that for this Im- to impact on the game so seriously at such an early time that's uh, that's absolute nonsense yeah, it's one of those you're damned as a referee you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because you have some people with a challenge like that thinking oh you can't send them off it's so early in the match and if you don't send them off, you'll have the other side of that coin where people are saying, well, surely you can't not send them off just because it's early in the match, you know? So you are kind of, you know, you're two sides of the same coin. At the end of the day, as Desi said, it, it, everything about that is a clear red card. Over the, over the weekend, I felt as if that was the clearest decision, the one that had most of a kind of unanimous opinion on it. Um, and yeah, easily of the challenges that we'll probably discuss tonight, the worst one. I think as you said there, it happens so early, maybe the player thinks he's getting away from it, but we touched on it last week in the Aberdeen game. It's the retribution of the next tackle. So if he's got away with that, then who ups the ante for the next challenge? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Willie was 100% correctly there. He's trying to get a hold of the game. It's the perfect call to, to get a hold of the game there. Mm-hmm. And last week we spoke about the anticipation of that challenge coming. Yeah. You know, we discussed last week a challenge that was, wasn't too dissimilar that resulted in a yellow card following a, a terrible touch, a player lunging into a challenge. I think that challenge at the weekend there by Mugabe was very, very similar. You can see that he's trying to get back and catch the ball and the referee's positioning himself to see it nice and clearly and it's almost anticipating what's just about to happen. I liked um, Des's comments there, Steve. It, it, it's a really a, a, a sad facet of the modern game where you see an opponent dancing around with his arms in the air while his teammates lying in a heap with a potentially serious injury because another man's been sent off. Yeah, and I'll be we're like un, unsportsmanship. I, I think that that, that behaviour is really it's pathetic. It's, it's childish, infantile, whatever you want to word you want to use. He has no idea. His, his pal's leg had been broken at that point. He's dancing about like that. I, I, I don't think that's uh, excusable. And I would hope uh, all his management would have a wee work with him. Exactly. I, I don't suppose you guys as refs can do anything about that, can you? I mean, Willie's obviously very busy. He's got Hibs players surrounding him. He's trying to get the, the red card out and he's probably checking that the player's still OK. Uh, but is that type of behaviour, is that cautionable? If- it's, it's certainly be cautionable, it's certainly be cautionable, but... He's not contravening a law of the game. He's contravening a law of decency. Um, but that, that applies very much to, to, to football. And you can't countenance for an idiotic act. He, he wasn't harming anybody, um, he was making a complete fool of himself, but he wasn't contributing any particular laws. Would you not say, you know, you could probably levy the accusation of unsportsmanlike conduct to him for for his reaction, you know, because that could elicit a response from the opposition players, which could further um, result in, you know, um, repercussions, retribution, second tackles, third tackles, um, you know, because he's acted in such a manner. I, I think that's probably stretching it. I think you just put it down to the fact that he's been stupid. Um, 
And if if anybody uh, sought retribution for that, then they would be a bit stupid. Um, (laughs) So no, I accept the fact that he's done, and I hope he has, he's thoroughly embarrassed and he has made a fool of himself. No, it's good. You're making the point. I think the manager should um, take him aside and have a word with him because Porteous is a player who's obviously been in the headlines quite a lot this year. Yeah, and you'd think he'd been in it enough for for any one person, but I I don't know the man personally, but who knows what his personality suggests, but that certainly was unsightly, and uh, I would hope he has a good good work with himself about it. You talked about making your mark early as a referee, make sure you get the right decision. Minutes later, like literally five minutes later, a similar challenge, Jordan Roberts goes flying in and makes uh, contact. Should he have sent off Roberts as well, Des? I think uh, personally that he should have, yes. Uh, I think from from that moment, he's got a very strong grip and control of the game. He's just seen one tackle win that's very, very similar to it. It's hard to justify why he's maybe not given it. I think it would have been easier to give the red card and more acceptable. And again, the same position, Roberts has came into the, came into the challenge from a distance, stood showing and yeah, red card. Red card, I think it would have been, his credibility would have been up again. Is it hard, Steve, sometimes when two big incidents like that come so close together so early in the game? It shouldn't do. Um, and certainly not somebody as, uh, as experienced, as, as senior as, as Willie. Um, the, the exact same holds. It doesn't matter if it's the first or the last minute or the first and the third minute. If it's a red card offence, it's a red card offence. And it's not Willie's fault if, uh, if they, they, they do similar tackles quite so soon after each other. In the end, of course, um, Hibs went through. They made took their place in the semi-finals where they'll face Hearts, which is uh, two exciting games to look forward to next month. I'm sure whoever gets appointed to these games will be looking forward to them with relish. Uh, interesting news today, fellas. Maybe a step forward in the VAR situation. We we found out that Hawkeye have been have been recruited by uh, the SFA to administer the, the the VAR system, and they're they're currently hiring certainly one position at the moment. Um, and we understand Des that uh, the referees are now beginning to get some training. Yeah, we've seen that over the last few weeks. Obviously, the the news were invited along with John Beaton and Greg Aitken in the in the makeshift Star Trek studio at Hamden, <laughs> um, with the plastic Lego red and green buttons. Uh, so <laughs> they are receiving some coaching from it at, the, at this moment in time. As far as my understanding is, that we only have two fully qualified VAR operators uh, within Willie and Bobby Madden. So again, from people that I've spoken to and understandings are. This does take a long time to roll out and it's the quality of the coaching that these people will be receiving for their interpretations. Now, the the, the phrase that they're, they're talking about regarding VAR is line of intervention. So what do you accept and what do you not? And this is obviously going to be coming from the top end at FIFA. FIFA will then discuss it with member nations and consult with them, come to a consensus of what they will be looking for. I would like to think that the Scottish FA, the decision makers in there, will be following the line of UEFA um, because if they don't if they're looking for using a, a different line of intervention that they want to interpret it it will only affect potentially our guys operating in Europe who are going between two sets of two sets of standards mm-hmm. um, and if, we, if we're not using it correctly then the, surely the appointments that would, won't, won't sh- come Surely that would create inconsistencies with the use of VAR across nations that would you know further complicate things for Scottish referees at any level Absolutely Absolutely, it's, I think like everyone in in any business, you take the you, you take your work. You know the rules that you work within, and whether you're a IT analyst over here or an IT analyst at a different newspaper, or if I'm teaching in one 
education authority into another, you know the standards, what's expected of you. Mm-hmm. So if we're giving mixed messages and potentially confusing our guys, then it will just come from above that our guys won't get appointments. And it's, it's a shame. I suppose, Steve, in the same vein, it might it might be difficult for teams as well if they're under a certain ser- set of rules, if you like, or in, or interpretations in Scottish football, and then they're applied differently in, in the in the Europa League, for example. That, that won't be helpful at all either, will it? Well, no, not not at all. I, I echo what the the guys have said. You would you would hope that everybody's going to be singing from the same hymn sheet, and it's going to be one set of laws, one interpretation, the same as um, every year. Um, you have meetings and how the, the laws of the game are, 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 going be, are, are going to be influenced or acted upon. You would hope that that was going to be the, the same uh, everywhere. But what I, and it's, it's a personal bugbear of mine, and De- Des will remember, initially when assistants were invited, uh, not invited, they were instructed to become more involved in games and make decisions on the field at, at, the st- at that stage, and, and I know they, they have uh, changed it now, that if the assistant got involved then and the ref had to change uh, his decision, then the ref would automatically be marked marked down. It wasn't taken as if it was a team decision, it was an individual. Uh, from my understanding, I don't think they've decided yet if VAR getting involved will automatically count against the official involved. And that just that's a, that's a huge bugbear of mine. It's meant to be a, a team decision. And if the VAR are part of the team and as a team the, the message is called right or the incident's called right, then surely that's the, the most pressing point rather than trying to rather than trying to in, uh, individualise it and, and have a blame culture which certainly in uh, my experience used to be quite rife so I, I don't think that they've decided that yet but I hope to God that um, sense prevails with that one. There certainly seems to be a pressure Des to get this rolled out and fast tracked as quickly as possible uh, you know peer pressure from the big clubs and, and supporters and media alike when are we getting VAR with the backwater of European football but I suppose you've got to get it right you can't put a half-assed piece out there can you? No if you're going to do something you, you do it to the best of your ability and using the best technology available and using the best people available certainly by Hawkeye looking for an analyst today that we've, that we've seen it does seem very imminent. My only concern would be we have got nine games potentially to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Are we going to get the, the quality of coaching? Are we going to get the material there? Are we going to get the practical abilities testing and get it used? This, say, from my understanding, it's usually up to about a year in training that these people undertake. Hopefully it's not typical Scotland and we're trying to do it through through the back window. But, um, and another question as well is how many are we looking for? Because I see that the technical analyst role is around, the job is around finding the angles for the referee in the studio to look at and de- decide if there is a VAR intervention required. If we've got six games on a Saturday at some point in the season and each game has six, eight, twelve cameras, well, I can't imagine one technical person being suitably prepared to manage all of those games and present all of the available angles to the referee for the multiple matches that will be going on at the same time. Not unless it's Jean-Michel Jarre or Rick Wakeman or something like that. But. <laughs> There's one, one poor soul um, that had to deal with that because, you know, even just the weekend we've had, um, it's impossible for one person, and I, so I know we say, guys, we shouldn't do it's impossible for one person to be able to be looking at these uh, multiple angles on four or five incidents that have all happened at the exact same time. Um, so I hope it's not just a single person that's been recruited for this and that there is going to be more than one. It's sad to say I wouldn't be surprised. 
It does seem strange, Des, though, isn't it? Why are you doing the advertise for one position uh, and they're talking about a, an April to October start date? You know, it seems like a, a, a wide base. Yeah, it seems seems really strange. I, I know what we were speaking about it earlier. You, you would have to have... Now, I know games are staggered. There's an early game, there's maybe a couple in the afternoon, there's a Sunday game on Monday. So you, you could probably get probably maybe, I would think, three three to five, depending on, on what's there. Mm. But there is no way you can do it with, with, with any less because you've got one video assistant referee watching it, requesting a view, a view of an incident and there's a game going on at the same time, somebody, so it, it will let the, the Starship Enterprise build these screens <laughs> up. Uh, I really don't know how they're going to do it. I hope they're they're giving it the, the proper consideration that it deserves and requires, yeah. but we can't afford to get this wrong. It, it could be one row, multiple positions in fairness, you know, it could be the same position five times for all we know, but I'll find out. I'm just updating my CV whilst we chat and <laughs> I'll let you guys know. <laughs> Like we say, Steve, uh, you know, you, we really want to get this uh, professional as, and as accurate as we possibly can to, to be in line with the rest of Europe. Oh, absolutely. We, we would want to be and we would aim to be um, among the best and, and certainly as, as good as we possibly can be. But what I would say is, and you, you saw it, it's beginning to bed in a bit more down in England. We will have teething troubles. We will have mistakes and we will do things wrong to begin with. That's understandable. And we shouldn't bring the, you know, we shouldn't bring wrath uh, down on the guys that make these mistakes and don't work it the way that everywhere else is. They've all gone through the same, the same teething problems and had the same, probably made the same mistakes as, as we are going to do. So don't, I, I, I don't think that anybody can realistically expect perfection straight away. We have to ease into it, and there will be mistakes. But I, I think it's ultimately it's going to be for the best for for everybody, and we just have to allow ourselves to, to fit into it. The upside, Des, for the for your colleagues or for or well, your former colleagues, if you like, is that with the introduction of VAR, then the the, the door to European football will open again, um, which has been pretty much slammed shut in the last few seasons, hasn't it? Yeah, we've got to. We've always had representation at the highest level in European football and world football, even all the way back to the nineteen eighty two World Cup. Bob Valentine being across there mm-hmm. over the years of Hugh Dallas, Ian Brains. So if we are not introducing this, then we're downgrading and our own our own guys and we're saying we don't we don't value you. And that's good for the game, Steve, isn't it, to get our referees out across in these big matches? Oh absolutely. And we and certainly the pundits and the media talk about how refs are getting worse season on season. We, we can only get better and improve if the same as players if you're exposed to the best more consistently. Now, that's not me necessarily saying the rest are any worse today than, than when me and Des were, uh, were making mistakes of things. But the only way they improve is to be involved with the best. Um, and our guys haven't been allowed to um, for the past number of years. So absolutely, it's the only way that we can all advance is if this is brought in and as soon as possible. And I think to your point, Steve, you mentioned about how mistakes will be made as VAR gets implemented. I guess one of the best positions that we're in, what, what's quite a good position, although we're a little bit slower to uptake on this, is we're now coming in when a lot of the nations who are using it have made those mistakes, when a lot of these other nations have gone through these points of intervention processes to understand when it should be, when it shouldn't be. And and we can take those learnings and hopefully apply them a little bit effectively, a little bit, sorry, a little bit more effectively and a little bit sooner. So we can take what's happened over the last three, four, five years and, and, and bring it into Scottish football in line with the rest of Europe and, and take those learnings and, and hopefully hopefully deliver it a little bit more seamlessly than maybe it would have been if, if we'd been part of it at the very beginning. Yeah, I think you've got to take that as a take that as a as a positive that we've watched others go through the, the, the initial mistakes. So if we've 
learned, and again, I keep going back to the word, and it's so, so vital, the coaching and the delivery of it. If we get that right, then hopefully we can avoid some of the, the teething errors that were seen earlier on. Well, let's hope uh, we get some more information from the powers that be, like you say, in the coming weeks to, to find out exactly where we are in that situation. We'll certainly keep monitoring it on Get Involved Referee. Just a couple of wee things to wrap up, lads, from, from the games at the weekend. Um, maybe a fortunate one for, for Hearts, actually, uh, Des. Um, Andy Halliday, um, a challenge on, on Greg Kilty. When, the, when they were leading 1-0 in the game, um, it, it might have uh, brought the game level at that point. I'll be careful what I say. I've known Andrew for a number of years. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andy, but uh, for me, it was a penalty. Um, we've, he's came. There's no malice in the challenge. It's a it's a legitimate challenge to uh, block the ball. Unfortunately, the shots went off, and Andrews then then came through. What I was probably more surprised from was that Kilty never never claimed. No one from St Murn were were looking for it. They they just accepted it. But um, I, I did think there was enough contact there yeah. to merit a penalty kick. I, I totally agree. I think the shot going off has probably made it seem acceptable for it not to be given. But the way I was kind of chatting about it with you guys before, if the player had reached the ball first and instead of shooting had just knocked it past Halliday and then Halliday's taken him out in the same way, you would give the penalty without question. So although he's got a shot off, it still should have been a foul. And as you say, it's one of those ones that almost apologetically you're given and saying to Andy passing by, you know, I know you didn't mean that. I know there's a clear genuine attempt to play the ball and it's there to be one, but <laughs> you were just beaten to it. Yeah. That's all it was, you know, and, and unfortunately it is a penalty. Hearts dodged the bullet then, Steve, in your opinion as well? Um, I, I'm not as convinced as, as the other two. I'm a kind of 60-40 uh, that, that it was. Um, I could see, perfectly happy to accept the reasoning why it wasn't, but I can also see the uh, the, the guys and they're, they're both absolutely correct in, in how it was. Uh, I'm not as convinced as as they are, but yeah, I, I think it's one of those ones that could be uh, explained uh, either way. And I know that's me sitting on the fence, but genuinely, <laughs> you get scales in your bum there, Steve. <laughs> I think that's one that could be argued uh, either way, um, and I wouldn't complain if it was or if it wasn't given. And just to complete uh, the the sort of so-called contentious decisions, let's say Rangers got a penalty up at Dens Park. Um, some people thought it was a little bit soft. Steve, James Tavernier kind of bundled out of the way by Ryan Sweeney. Uh, I'll say it again, said it before, a soft-boiled egg, still a soft-boiled egg. It was a penalty. Des, you agree? Yeah, defender was, defender was set. Tavernier's made the most of it. He's seen the defender standing there. Sweeney had no need to turn his hips. Swing his, so hip, his hip out. Yeah, but... Tavernier's taking full advantage and yeah, it's a, it's a penalty. That one comes down to position on the park without a shadow of a doubt. First camera view, I thought that's never a penalty. Camera behind the goal shows clearly the player's just stepped in the line of run. He stepped, put his left foot down, moved his hip across and just checked the player. And it's down to the position of the referee that he's been able to see that and ultimately give the right decision. Yeah, yeah. Steve, he's always been in a, a good position. and I would imagine I mean, there's a lot of players there, so I'm not sure how much the I far say the system would be involved but mm. Stevie certainly got it correct he yeah. was convinced and he was very right to do so well we're here to praise referees as well as criticise lads aren't we don't forget you can join us on Twitter and on Instagram send us your clips and the boys will chat about it next time on Get Involved Referee Get Involved Referee